wanted to speak today, something the Lord laid in my heart about the spirit of the age we're in. We are in a, a time of human existence. It's very interesting to say, to say it one way, say it nicely, I guess. But there's a lot of things going on today with technology that are also very concerning. Now, I'm not going to preach to you all the reasons why you should or shouldn't invest in certain technologies. I'm not going to talk to you about what I think this does uh, scripturally or how it necessarily fulfills prophecy about the last days. But I'm praying you will glean from what the Lord has laid on my heart exactly what you need to get from it. Amen. In fact, I'm going to pray that way. Before we read the scripture together, I'm going to pray that way. I'm going to be speaking to you this morning on artificial intelligence versus supernatural wisdom. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have set aside this appointed time for this today to take place. And Lord, we don't have hidden agendas. We don't have desires to become something that we're not. We want what you want in our lives today. And help me as your speaker just to deliver the message you laid on my heart for this day and age. Lord, let us glean insight from it, sure. But Lord, specifically, let us understand supernatural wisdom and how much different it is and how much more life-changing and beneficial it is to us as believers, yes, but also as something we can share to non-believers. Lord, we give you the glory and honor for it today. And everyone said amen. amen and amen. Read with me, if you will, from Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. Let me read this one first. It says there, I believe that is in the New King, New King James Version. Give instruction. Well, there it is, 14, 12. There it is. There is a way that seems right to man. But its end is the way of death. You've heard it said in the original King James, there's a way that seems right in a man, and it leads to destruction. Go over to Proverbs 9. It's actually before that. Proverbs 9, verses 9 and 10 says, Give instruction to a wise man, and he'll be still wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. And then it says this part that we know probably more. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Or in one version, it says the key to understanding. I want to talk to you today just a couple of practical things before we get into more of the Scripture. And I want to define in the American Heritage Dictionary the word artificial. See, there's a lot of talk today about artificial intelligence. And it, it hit me like a ton of bricks a couple of months ago. God says, you need to deal with that thing. Because there's a lot of people, I've even heard, God forbid this happens anywhere within 100 miles of me. I've heard that people are using artificial intelligence to prepare their sermons. And the Lord just, ooh, red flag, red flag, red flag. And he said, you need to caution the people about this whole idea of artificial intelligence. And I said, how, Lord? And he said, okay, sit down and write. And I started writing as fast as my thumbs could type, because that's how we type nowadays. Did it on my, my smartphone, right? Smartphones are dumb because they make us weaker in our brain. But sometimes you can use those tools and come across something good, and we put it to good use on this one. But the American Heritage Dictionary defines artificial as this. It is an adjective, by the way. It describes things. It says it's made by humans. It's especially uh, in, emphasizing that it imitates. It's an imitation of something natural. The second one is it's not arising from natural or even necessary causes. 
<laughs> it's contrived, it's arbitrary. Or it's something that is affected, in other words, from outside things, it's insincere. Insincere. Do these sound like good things? Artificial. Hmm. Well, some synonyms, you know what that means. That's big thesaurus word for, this is what it could also mean. Unreal. Contrived. Manipulated. Fake. False. Simulated. Synthetic. Counterfeit. And unnatural. Okay, so... What's the opposite of artificial? Those would be antonyms, right? You remember your English class? Natural, original, created, genuine, and true. A substitute for that whole word artificial could also be anti, because the word anti does not just mean against, as in antichrist. It also means substitute for, a substitution for. It's an artificial imposter. It's an unnatural Counterfeit. I just want you to think about all the times you see artificial in day-to-day life and how it's been sneaking up on us all along. We have artificial ingredients. In other words, fillers that leave you empty and yet hungry. We have artificial flavors. They deceive your taste buds into giving you false information that this is really something that it's not. We have artificial sweeteners. It gets more dangerous, folks. Those things actually fool your pancreas into dumping more insulin into your system without glucose to use it on and actually causes the onset of diabetes. There are scientific studies now that say if you drink diet soft drinks, you'll get diabetes quicker than if you'd never touched it. Oh, I'm not just spouting off nonsense. These are studies. I've looked into them, and they're there. Artificial color additives, well, they wow your eye with bright colors, and they cloud your mind quite literally with migraines, hypertension, and hyperactivity among children. You've heard of Red 40, right? Banned in some countries. You know, a lot of these things we allow here in the good old USA are not even allowed by law in Europe. But here we are, loving our artificial. Here's another one that I think some of you sports guys, kind of like me, (laughs) will appreciate artificial turf it's touted as the wave of the future in the late 1960s in our good old Houston Astrodome formerly known as the Harris County Sports Authority Dome Stadium (laughs) named the AstroTurf after astronauts and you know things in the space world but what do we do when the grass won't grow we made AstroTurf and So we didn't need lawn maintenance, and yet it stole the future ability of some high-performance athletes to even walk, sending them to a wheelchair after they damaged their joints and their tendons and destroyed their futures. And now what's crazy is here in the 2020s, it's finally being realized that God created real natural grass to run on because it won't destroy your legs. Artificial medicines. Oh, by the way, cows could have told us 100 years ago that grass, real grass, was better for you. (laughs) If they could talk, that is, right? I mean, if you see a cow talking, we need to pray about other things. Artificial medicine. There's a list of new and improved synthetic chemicals that you can't pronounce used to replace the old remedies found in nature. I'll give you one specific example. Anybody ever heard of quinine? Some of my older generation knows the word quinine. 
I know the word quinine. It's naturally found in oysters. Oysters naturally come up in the world around equatorial parts of the world. Quinine naturally in oysters, when consumed, keeps you from being susceptible to things like malaria. Other things that are like malaria have come across recently, specifically in the year 2019. And then it went across the world in 2020. And it caused a shutdown. And then they tried to say, you could use this other long, false, synthesized, artificial medicine, which did prove to work. Hydroxychloroquine. Long word for you. I'm not getting into debate about politics right now. I'm saying that this stuff kills viruses, but the one that really does it is quinine, and where is it found in nature? The reason they don't want you to know about quinine is because it costs 10 cents a dose. I'm not going to get into all that. But they give you artificial things in place of old remedies found in things God provided directly to us, created foods, and it had the good stuff in it. And that also comes with other side effects. There are diseases you can't produce in nature, but they can be produced when you get artificial things and put them in you. And the addictive qualities of narcotics also go side by side with some of these synthesized medicines, and they bind you to a system that makes you have a need of even more artificial remedies, and you get on the medical merry-go-round. Some of you who work in medicine, you know what I'm talking about, and you also know you can't really say much about it. And I'm not going to get into a whole lot of politics, but I'm going to tell you, artificial means man-made. Artificial means substitute for artificial. Hmm. Coincidentally, these artificial remedies cause other ailments. Is it any wonder. Well, then we got some more artificial things that we're aware of. There are artificial organs. Now, if you are a recipient of this, you're probably grateful that you're alive because of it. But I just want to go into a couple of them that we all know. This is man's attempt to synthesize and mimic things only God could actually create. Having a limited, no true function on its own, but trying to stand in place for what God intended. Artificial hearts. They cannot run indefinitely as a natural human heart that was actually originally built to last forever. Remember Adam and Eve when they were designed and built and they were in the garden before the fall, they were made to last for eternity. Go read your Bible. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> a heart that is properly looked after through good nutrition with natural ingredients. And exercise, oh, let's start talking about that. You better hush, Pastor. You look like you're kind of out of shape. Yes, I am. But if I'd be taking care of myself, I wouldn't need further intervention, and I wouldn't even think of having the possibility of replacing what God gave me with something that actually has a shorter lifespan than the original model. What about an artificial eye? Although some technology is starting to be put in place, that suggests new artificial eyes may someday actually cause some form of sight, and they had some clinical trials where people catch glimpses of images, and they've connected the neurons. Usually an artificial eye is just something like a small concave piece of glass that faces inward for comfort, and the convex outward appearance is painted by female human artist hands, and it stimulates the aesthetic appearance of God's original creation. Only God can give you sight, both physically and spiritually. There's no artificial remedy for that. So then we see that artificial intelligence, then, is man's feeble attempt, I'll submit to you, under the influence even of Satan, 
to rise up and become godlike. I don't know if you remember the story, so I'm going to go over it a little bit with you here. But Satan was not always that word, which means adversary, which means enemy. He was at one point the angel in charge of all praise and worship in the throne room of God. His name was Lucifer. And there are some people today that are joining an organization around the world and thinking they're just being okay. And they're actually taking Luciferian oaths. And they don't even know they're worshiping the chief enemy of God himself. Artificial intelligence is only able to reproduce what limited mankind can put into it and can only ultimately spit out information and is therefore not truly intelligent. Second point then today is information can deceive you. It can deceive you. Deception, basically information and so-called knowledge, is not the same thing as wisdom and intelligence. I want us to look at Isaiah 14, verses 12 through 17. Isaiah, this is a prophecy about that same one I was just speaking of. But this happened before Isaiah recorded it. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations? For you've said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, or hell, to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you, saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners? I want you to understand something. That passage right there, talking about Lucifer, which was his angelic name before he was cast out as Satan, committed in his heart the first and the original sin of pride. Let me just tell you, it's not in my notes, but I could preach on this for the next 16 years. Pride will destroy everything in your life. When I said earlier, we submit our rights, we surrender our rights, we surrender our way, we surrender our want to and all the things that would hinder us, Pride is the chiefest among those things that we need to get under the subjection of the blood of Jesus Christ. If we don't kill pride, it will kill us. And I'm being dead serious about every aspect of pride. It is pride that says, oh, I got this figured out. I don't need anybody's help. It is pride that says, I don't need to ask them for forgiveness. They did me wrong. It is pride that says, oh, I don't need to give to that even though I feel a tug at my heart because somebody else has got deeper pockets than me and God knows who to, who, who to talk to. It is pride that will stop you from hearing the very voice of God and make yourself as Lucifer was in your own mind and on your own throne in your own heart like him. We are not him. We will not be him. Pride will destroy you. That knowledge, that information can deceive you. That knowledge, that information that I can do whatever I want. What do they teach kids these days? My mom used to say, you can be anything you want to be so long as you pray and ask the Lord if you can do it. Now they just say, you can be whatever you want. You can grow up to be the president. No, you can't tell every child in America that because there's only one at a time and for four years, maybe eight at the most. There's no way 350 million people can grow up to be the president. We're giving people a false sense of truth which means it's what? A lie. 
Well, you're, you're splitting hairs. Oh, yeah? And the Bible is sharper than any two-edged sword, and it goes and separates bone from sinew and cuts down to the marrow. It knows what it's doing. Splitting hairs ain't nothing for God. Mm. The enemy of your soul is an artificial intelligence aficionado. He is the deception and falsehood leader. Satan has zero truth in him whatsoever. He may look the part. He may sound the part. But it's all about leading you in half-truths and trickery. Let me tell you, honey, you need to know the whole scripture, not the snippet that he's convinced you to memorize that makes you feel comfortable. You need to read the whole scripture in context and understand what he was saying to the people then and there before you go on applying it to the here and now and has nothing to do with what you're going through. Child of God, you need to know the word of God because the enemy used the same tricks on Jesus in the wilderness. And the only thing that Jesus used to come back at him with was, it is written. He schooled him on what the truth really was. And the enemy says, you're going to die? you got to say, hmm, well, it's appointed that the man wants to die and then the judgment. And guess what? I'm going to be on the right side of the aisle when it comes to that. So Satan, just back on up because it ain't my time. You don't have control over when I go. So you got to get to talking to him and tell him to get to stepping. <laughs> Look at John chapter 8, verse 44. It actually speaks about the enemy. And this is the Lord talking to other people. But you'll see what he says to him. He says, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in truth. There was no truth in him. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Do you understand today that when you hear things that are not the truth, how do I know the truth? They line up to the word of God. When you hear things that are not the truth, that's the enemy and you need to cut it off. You need to take a stand and cut it off. Well, do you ever have those? I guarantee you I had those things this morning during praise and worship before I got up here the first time. The enemy was already telling me that I'm not supposed to be here today. The enemy will come at you constantly. And let me tell you something, child of God, if that ain't happening, you're in the easy chair. Hate to put it to you that way. But if you're not being fought by the enemy, he don't waste time on people he already has. You heard a lot of pe people come through recently, different preachers say, it's time for us to be more than Sunday morning Christians. He wasn't just talking about attendance at other services. They're talking about attendance to your own personal prayer life. When you have opportunity to go to God, that's your first choice, not your last resort. Jesus is not in a little glass box with a little piece of metal on it saying, break in case of emergency. He is an ever-present help in a time of need. And when do we turn to him now? When do we turn to him now? When do we turn to him now? When I know that something is lying to me, I know it's not Jesus. I know who that is. My dad used to say, that's old Slewfoot. Yeah, you probably just thought I looked like him when I said it too. <laughs> Romans chapter 3 verse 4 says, Certainly not, indeed, let God be true, every man a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. What is he talking about? When things are coming at you, the only justification you're going to have is when you declare the word of the Lord in that situation. Don't listen to the artificial intelligence of the enemy. 
start speaking the supernatural wisdom of God. What's that little third one that pops up there? A, B, C. Time's almost up. Whose time? Our time? Mm, could be. But I guarantee you the reason things are heating up in the world and getting more and more dangerous, even for the non-believer, is because Lucifer knows Satan is now his name. His time is almost up. Let me tell you, every time he lies to you about your past, you've heard this before, you need to remind him of his future. You need to remind him of the fact that he's already defeated foe. You need to remind him of the fact that he has no teeth. That lion is roaring because he can't chase you down and grab you. He's trying to put you into fear, and you need to tell him he's a liar and the father. You need to put him back in his place. And you say, no, 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 you lost another one, as the song says. I am free. Well... What do I need to think of then when all these things are going on? Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. I need to think in a higher plane. The only thing that's higher than what I can understand every time is the Word of God. You know why they call it supernatural? Because this plane we live on is natural. Supernatural is a little bit above. You ever look at, here, we're going to have a little typing class. How many of you remember typing class? They used to call it keyboarding sometimes. Yes, I'm old enough that we actually used a brother keyboard that, well, mine, we kind of could cheat. We had a 720K little floppy disk we could put in there. And we could put it on save mode, and then we could type it all in. And then we could sound like we could really type fast. We could hit enter, and then we'd go, we could go. Act like we were typing without looking. But my dad had an old Olivetti manual typewriter. Tick, 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 tick. And it would say 1976. You know, 1976 was like that. You know, certain words had the things go up and down. And there was no one key, that was the lowercase l. You know, <laughs> you had to multitask, didn't have as many things available as resources. But superscript, remember what superscript is? You got script. And then superscript is the little, you use it sometimes to like, for little notations, for footnotes, right? The little number at the top. Superscript is just above script. Supernatural living is above natural. Listen, we have this thing in the world called status quo. Believers ought to be living a life above status quo. Your life should be above the same old, same old. And if it's not, if it's constantly down in the ruts, listen, the Model T was invented a long time ago, and those ruts are deep and they're narrow. God wants you to come on up out of that muck and mire. Amen? Get out of a rut by getting into God's Word. Be pulled up into a supernatural walk. It is not a difficult thing. What it is is a disciplinary issue. We have to be disciplined. And I'm preaching to my own self. There are days I have looked at my Bible app, because that's always my go-to, you know. It's convenient. Listen, if your Bible time is only ever about convenience, then you're going to have sometimes what happens to me. You're going to open up your Bible app, and all those days you've had as a streak, it starts over at one again. And you're like, Lord. Man, when that happens to me, I literally pray about it. I say, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I went more than 24 hours without opening up your word. And he's like, then maybe you should use the one that, you know, doesn't have the little number to remind you and just get disciplined and open it up. 
My old Bible was worn slap out. This Bible, I'll just be honest, I use it to sit up here and look like I've got a Bible. Ouch. Huh? You can walk it. You can talk it. But artificial intelligence comes from everything outside of this word. Supernatural wisdom comes from everything inside of this word. Until you're opening it up and putting it in, it's not going to be in there automatically. It's not going to just happen. Hmm. Look at Revelation 13. It looks like it's verse 11 through 17. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence, and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast, whose head was, whose deadly wound was healed. And he performs great signs, so that even makes fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast. And telling those who dwell on earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. And he granted the power to give breath to the image of the beast. That the image of the beast could both speak, artificially, and cause as many would not worship the image of the beast to be killed in the physical he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. And everybody has this big debate on whether or not there's a real number that is 666 or whether or not it's another phrase in Arabic that actually is the thing that some of the terrorist groups wear on the headband they have now. I want you to know this may have not taken place but this is part of supernatural wisdom and part of to you and I to let you know there are artificial things being put into place and you're being desensitized because when that thing comes to life, it's not real, but it's going to have real consequences. Why did you read that part right there? Listen, many years ago, and maybe it was just because Holy Spirit, not because I'm smart. Okay. I did have a pastor friend of ours that called me Smarty Marty. Every time he saw me, oh, there's Smarty Marty. And um, I'm doing a pretty good imitation of him right now. I'll have to send him a link to this video because he'll probably laugh. But I noticed, Dad, how come when we go to Sam's Club, we got to show a card with a number on it? He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, in Revelation, when it talks about you had to have a certain number before you can buy or sell, and he goes, wow, didn't think of it that way, son. I'm like, yeah. And then a couple years later, it was like, Dad, remember when I was talking to you about how Sam's Club had a card you had to get in, Costco, you know, whatever. You had to, to come in because you got to show that you're part of it. Yeah. I said, you notice that all grocery stores now have a point system where if you don't have their little card, you got to pay more money to get the same item. But if you have their little card and give them all your personal private information so that they can spam your email account and call you with stupid stuff, then you get a discount. He goes, yeah. I said, Dad, it's coming on more and more strongly. And then before too long, I had a brother-in-law at one point in life who worked for a systems company up in Dallas. And their owner and CEO and his sons who ran the business at one point, the owner had been a presidential candidate, and this was uh, in the 90s. Uh, so we think, oh, that's, that's recent. No, that's 30 years ago. Okay. 
If, if that bothered you that I said that's 30 years ago, you might need to take a Tylenol and a nap. But they, my brother-in-law at the time, found out that they could only get to the top three floors of the complex they all worked in because they had chips implanted, and they weren't in their left hand. They were in their right hand. Now, I'm not telling you that this passage right here is about that system and everybody's going to get a chip in their right hand. But I am telling you that if you can't see the writing on the wall, that artificial intelligence and all the computer systems all link up to biometrics, and even your phone most likely can look at your face and know whether or not it's you, guess what's in your forehead? Your eyes, and that's what it's looking for when it tries to biometrically identify you. Guess what's in your right hand besides any kind of computer chip that you may or may not have had it implanted? Your fingerprints. And guess what you open your phone with? And most people in the world are statistically right-handed. So I want you to wake up to the fact that everything that's going on in this world is pointing to an artificial system, which means it's all a lie. And it all appears to be intelligent, but it's a lie. It's conjured up. Man-made stuff is being put together, and it's being influenced by a system not of this world. There is an antichrist spirit in the world. But I want you to remember something. Child of God, you are part of the supernatural wisdom superhighway that blows away anything that's in a computation or an algorithm or logarithm or whatever they call those rhythms. And we walk to a different drum. <laughs> Amen. Remember Jesus at the well just outside of Samaria? Remember what he told that woman? Remember how he told her everything about her life? And by the end of the story, she was so excited, she went and became basically the first evangelist. Had to go. She was a televangelist. She was like, they didn't have no TV. No, but she had to tell everybody she knew. She was televangelist. I might have heard Danny Johnston say that one time. I don't know if, he, if, if he didn't say it, he, if he hears me, he'll use it. He's a televangelist. All right. Look at one of the verses there. John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. Talk about supernatural wisdom. This is Jesus who had just basically read her mail and never met her before that moment. He says, but the hour is coming and now is. In Jesus' time is when it started. So that means, guess what? It's still now. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Not just saying I will, but doing so. It should not feel like we're at a seventh grade pep rally trying to get everybody excited about the football team who's probably going to lose. When we come into the house of God, it should be charged up with the atmosphere of true worshipers. I have been praying to him and worshiping him and watching him straighten out things that were crooked all week. And I got to get into his house and go a little crazy for Jesus. Amen. It may look weird to some, but good. Maybe they'll say this is different because guess what? We are in Christ. We're different. We are a peculiar people. We are set apart. We're not pushed aside or cast aside. We're accepted, not rejected. We are his. And I need to celebrate it when I come together. Amen. Mm. We must know the genuine to get what he's saying. 
We must know the Word of God. And honey, I don't know if you know that Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. When I read Him, I'm partaking Him and putting His flesh on mine. I'm becoming more like Him, not only in persecution, because that's going to come, but also in grace, in mercy, in understanding. I need His supernatural wisdom because the world don't make no sense. Excuse my poor Southeast Texas grammar. Excuse me, forgive me, B-I-S-D. I was educated a lot better than that one. All right. Hey, sometimes we can be funny, right? God made us that way. You be who you are in Christ, and all the other stuff's going to fall off. It really will. It really will. Listen, no artificial simulated substitution is going to do. Kids, you listen up to me. You cannot make heaven your home based on your grandma's relationship to Christ. Children, your parents' coattails will not drag you into heaven by default. Husbands and wives, you must have your own relationship to Jesus Christ. Your spouse will not stand beside you on the day you're judged, and you're not going to be able to point any fingers. Deacons. Your pastor's prayer life will not accomplish near the great things available to you if you're not praying yourselves. Sunday school teachers, your students will not answer to God for your lack of commitment to other aspects of ministry, prayer, and devotion at church. If you skip your own personal devotion time throughout the week, you'll answer for that. Oh, he's meddling. No, that's ministering. When the doctor sees the disease, he cuts it out. He doesn't say, oh, we'll leave it there and let it fester. Come on now. The Holy Spirit is wanting to stir some things up, and what he's wanting to stir up is a discipline to his word because the artificial intelligence is bombarding you at all sides. The enemy of your soul is not just barely tickling your ear with stuff. He's lamb-blasting you. He is bombing you. He is attacking you at every turn, whether you realize it or not. And you should begin to realize it because those struggles and those difficulties, you could begin to count them all joy if you get into that spot where supernatural wisdom is what you choose to use. Amen? Mm -mm. There's no artificial intelligence in the kingdom of God. You will fool some, but it will expose you eventually. Oh, yeah, you can spit back information, but it's going to stop short. Something's not going to connect. You may even fake it till you think you make it and then fall short of the glory of God. Because guess what? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Hmm? The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But what do you do with that gift? You don't hide it under a bushel. No, you got to let it shine. Some of you heard things as a child and you had never put the two together. You got to get about the Father's business. When Jesus was yet a child, age 12, you should have known where I was. I was about my Father's business. And that should model to us, it don't take Sometime when you're older and when you're comfortable and set in your ways. Listen, the older and more set in your ways you get, the harder it will be for you to break off the things that the enemy's wanting to artificially load you up with. Don't look the part and sound the part, but not be the part. Don't let it happen. Matthew 7, 21, 23 talks about how the fake will not cut it in eternity. See, Jesus is genuine, 
There is no fake in him. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name? And done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness or work iniquity. Iniquity is like a whole nother level of ugly sin. This sin is obvious, right? Iniquity is when you're trying to say you're not a sinner, but you really just are. And you're not going to fool the Lord. There's no artificial intelligence can cover that one up. Only the supernatural wisdom of God can give insight into whether or not you're falling. And you're saying, well, I'm getting a little bit of a, uh, I'm getting, I don't feel as comfortable as I, as I normally do. This is not supposed to be a feel-good message all the way through. If, if, if there's a reason for you to maybe not feel good, Holy Spirit knows who's here. Listen, this is the thing, though. Here is the good news of this point. If you're feeling something, that's called conviction. And guess what? In the court of heaven, as I said before, Jesus came into this world not to condemn the world. He's not throwing you out. He's not ruining your chances. Conviction means, okay, you're guilty. Go on and confess. And now get it right so that you can be with him for eternity. I'm going to tell you something. When the Green Berets come into a situation or the Delta Force rumored and proven somewhat true when the navy seals when the air force when the rangers when the guys come in that are the top of the top of the top things change right well listen every child of god should be more than just somebody putting on a uniform and showing up for the lineup because guess what not everybody who starts out in the military physically this being memorial veteran or excuse me veterans day weekend this being, this being a time when we're thinking of those kind of things. Not everybody who starts out in that makes it all the way through to actually being given the title of soldier or sailor or marine or airman, right? Some of them get halfway through the training and they get kicked out. Some of them get honorably discharged. Some of them get dishonorably discharged. Some of them get court-martialed. Some of them get thrown in Leavenworth. There's the thing about the army of God. The thing that he wants you to understand is at any point he can work on you and you be convicted of something. But what he says is this doesn't mean you're cast out and you're rejected, you're court-martialed. This means get it right with me, child, and then I'm going to use that thing and you're going to minister to somebody else and you're going to free them too. So you've got to understand, anytime God the Father chastens you, the word declares that he chastens whom he loves you heard the word this morning talk about God wants you to know how loved you are that's how loved you are you can mess up royally and he says it's not over just give it to me confess it to me turn from it repent of that thing go the other direction which is toward him and he will give you a seat at that big table where the marriage supper of the land takes place Mm. So you know why people that he speaks to right there are, are going to miss it? Because it was man-made knowledge of how to do church. It was artificial intelligence of the what and the when and the how without a genuine understanding of the who. Jesus behind the word really is. See, I don't want you to split hell wide open riding a church pew or seat or padded chair. 
I don't want you, as my grandma used to say, to, you know, make every meeting but miss every meaning. It's not a social club, although we're very social. It's not a place to just hang out and smile and laugh, although that happens. But listen, I know because I'm human. Sometimes we laugh and we smile and we carry on and tell everybody we're doing just fine and inside we're dying. And a lot of times it's not just because depression is there. It's because we're being oppressed by the enemy and that causes a depression in one sense. If we take it too far the other way, it can literally lead to possession. We don't want to go anywhere past depression at all. When things start to happen and push you down, you've got to remember that's artificial intelligence. That's not what God's Word said. Child of God, I've got to tell you, you've got to grab hold of what the Word of God says, and you've got to get into some supernatural wisdom and say, I see this for what it is. The Word declares that I am not ignorant of the enemy's devices, and I am a child of God who is an overcomer. I am a conqueror. I overcome by the Word of the Lamb and the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I've got to start testifying to others about what God has already done. See, sometimes we want a bigger testimony than what we've already got. And the Lord is saying, go ahead and tell the one you have. And if you have knowledge of him, that's the best testimony you could ever have. When I was a kid growing up in church, I used to say, Dad, uh, uh, my testimony, I don't think my testimony is anything like yours is spectacular. Because he was saved out of the drug culture and the hippie movement. And he was all this flamboyant stuff. And he said, son, I've never said 90% of what I used to do because I'm not here to glorify the things of the past. I'm here to tell people about what God's done. And if you've never known that lifestyle, you've got a better testimony than anyone who has. And I would say, what? I don't understand that. And as life has gone on, there are things that I went through that I know the only reason it happened is because I got what I wanted. And what I wanted had consequences. And I chose things that I did not pray through about first. And I chose things that did not bring me peace thinking, oh, later on it'll pan out. Come on. Well, how are you up here able to preach then? Because of the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and the grace that is applied when you turn back and find supernatural wisdom. Because it does not change. I want you to remember two things finally today. And then I want Sister Anna Joe, if you can come up. And I'm going to give a really simple call to the altar. Because it's already been happening throughout what I've said. But two things. Number one, you can never fool God. Galatians 6, verses 7 and 8. Galatians 6, by the way, I love as a chapter. If you read the whole chapter, it actually talks about people who were with God where they should be, and then they were in a fall. They did something. They fell away. But Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For if he sows to his flesh, will of the flesh, he'll reap corruption. But if he sows to the Spirit, the will of the Spirit, he'll reap everlasting life. If he sows to himself artificial intelligence... Man-made. I can do this myself. I can listen to the ways of the world. I can just follow their advice and their advice and their advice. And I can turn a blind eye to the fact that Satan, little g, God of this world, is influencing the whole ball of wax. Then I'm going to reap to myself corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit, will of the Spirit, reap everlasting life. If I pull in a supernatural wisdom from God, Everlasting life is mine to be had. And number two, don't you ever give up.
Well, you just said some things that were pretty hard to hear. Yeah, I had to hear them first. I want everybody to look me in the eye. I had to hear them first. Because I did things I did in my life that, no, they weren't maybe some of the things you might count as a top ten, okay? But I saw things in my life come and go because I did them out of line with what God wanted. But I did not give up. When I felt the Spirit tug at my spirit and say, let's get that right, I said, yes, Lord, I'm so sorry. And I broke and I wept. I did not cry because I got caught. And that's a lie of the enemy. You don't weep because you're in trouble. You weep because the inside, innermost being in your soul that is lined up with Holy Spirit wants to please the Lord. And you weep because you realize you, didn't, you, you did something you shouldn't have. And then you say, Lord, restore me. And he speaks to you restoration, not in part, but in whole. And he speaks to you the goodness of God. Galatians 6, 9 and 10 says, And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. As we have a chance, do what's right by other people, especially if you know they are also a believer in Christ. Especially so. You can go a long time trying to get one over on somebody. It will catch up. Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. What you're planting in the ground is going to come up in your own backyard. If the grass looks greener on the other side, it's probably a busted septic tank. You don't need to hop the fence. That's artificial intelligence right there. Ain't even supposed to be in the ground. It's man-made that. It's messed up. couple more things and then I'll ask everybody to stand. In fact, go ahead and stand. I'm going to read those first two passages again. The ways of the world, the ways of our, ourselves, the way we try to... There's a way that seems right unto man. But in the end, it leads to destruction. I don't want things that are artificial. I want the genuine, real, 100% true supernatural wisdom of God in my life. I want nothing that doesn't seem like, I don't know if that lines up with the Word. Okay, if I don't know if it lines up with the Word of God, I need to get in the Word of God and look and see for myself. Nothing I've said to you today needs to be just taken because I said it. In fact, your assignment is to go back and cross-check everything I've said. Even the stuff about the statistical things I talked about. You go look it up. You can rewind the video. It's on Facebook. It's on YouTube. Find something I misquoted or said a little bit weird. Come talk to me about it. But then look at that next one. This is what I want. Give instruction to a wise man. He'll be wiser. Teach a just man. He will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We need a healthy fear of God. I need reverence for God like I've never revered Him. I need to know that if He chooses to end it right now, in my, He could do it. And then I need to not live in fear of negativity, but just in a respect of I need not displease Him. 
Not because he's just some big power and this guy going to zap you when you get out of line. Goodness, if he was that, we'd all been gone a long time ago. The first time we took the little ball of gum out of the thing at the grocery store when we were about five. Open that wrapper and I'll go over here on this side of the store so mama don't know I'm chewing it. <laughs> Where'd you get the gum? Uh, I don't remember doing that, but somebody in here did. I'll tell you the one that I did. I took something out of a, a little shelf at a rest stop somewhere on the turnpike in Florida, in South Florida, uh, on the way like to the Everglades. And I think there's a turnpike, there's a store that you exit off into the inside of the highway instead of the outside. So it's kind of a closed circuit. You can't get out. And I remember I took something. I don't remember what it was. I think it was Lifesavers. Thank you, Lord, for bringing that back to memory. This is going to set somebody free, okay? I took Lifesavers that my parents didn't pay for. You know, I got my Delaware Punch. Man, I love that stuff, that Delaware Punch. That was even better than Hawaiian Punch because nobody on the commercial gets punched in the face with that one. I had that Lifesavers, and I'm sitting on that. I used to sit real safe back in the 70s, you know. We used to put the armrest down, and then that became my perch. So I'm up on the perch of the 76 Buick Electra Limited. You know, we're cruising in style. I got my throne back there. And I'm, oh, mom and dad ain't looking. I'm, <laughs> my dad looks in the rearview mirror. Son, what are you eating? Uh, lifesavers? We didn't buy any food at the store. Where's your drink? That's right there. Who got you those lifesavers? I just started bawling. Nobody. Do you realize that's stealing, son? You might think right now, some of y'all think, because this is what the world, this is what artificial intelligence will tell you. They're going to say that that father was abusive. That child did not know any better. I was old enough to know that stealing a cookie from the cookie jar that wasn't mine was still stealing. I was at an age where I began to break down, not because I was caught, but because something in my spirit knew that that was wrong. Guess what my dad did to teach me? We're on a closed circuit highway. He put an extra 60 some miles on the car that day. The next available exit, U-turn. Drive another 20 miles north of where that thing was, U-turn. Come all the way back. And I walked in there with the dollar bill and my dad next to me and said, I'm sorry I stole this. I need to pay and make it right. I, I'm serious. I think I was three, maybe four. I'll never forget that. Listen, here's the thing. You may not have had that kind of conviction about things in your life at that young of an age. That I get it. I understand because I'll shamefully admit to you there's been other times in my life since then where I haven't been that convicted about something that I just, you know what, I'm going to take that. I don't know whose it is, but it's here and I need it. Jesus Christ shed his blood, and then was nailed to a cross where all your sin and all your shame was paid for once and for all. And some of us need to come to him and say, just like that story of when I was three or four. It happened. I mean, clear as day. The interior was blue, crushed velvet, man. It was... Had that little symbol on the door jams. Body by Fisher. Remember those GM cars? Body by Fisher. Well, I can see it all vividly. I mean, it's like little red, white, and blue lights in the door because it was a 76 model, okay? Everything was patriotic that year. 
white paint. Eight-track tape player. I'm talking way back, okay? And it worked. And my favorite tune was, I am a promise. I am a possibility. I am a promise with a capital B. I am a great big bundle of potentiality. It's Gaithers, okay? I remember that from then. I hadn't sang that in 46 years probably. But some of us need to come to the Lord just as that childlike scenario and say, God, I knew better. And it's not that I'm caught in the moment, but Lord, in this moment, I need to catch you. And I'm not going to call out individuals and say, raise your hand and then come forward, but this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. Because Lucifer knew better, right? And he'll lie every time. He'll say, ah, nothing you can do about that now. No, it was paid for once and for all before any of us ever existed. So if we tell him about it now, Scripture says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. I want you to live with supernatural wisdom in your life. I want you to get a desire in your heart to just pour that word in. That song, pour out your spirit, pour out your spirit. This is the way you get a good drink. Just self-applying the word of God. When we make it the priority, we go away from all the lies. And we get full of the truth. It's going to be easier. There'll be things that you think the enemy will say, oh yeah. The reason he's bringing that up because he still feels guilty for it. Nope. Nope, there's therefore now no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. I don't feel guilty for that, but I remember it. Because that's the attitude of the heart we need to be in. Jesus is, what does he say? They say, get the kids away, get the kids away. And he says to the disciples, suffer little children, let them come to me. In other words, give them the time they need to come. To me. That's the heart we need.